Hello, friends. Welcome to a Tuesday night edition of Radio Free Mavericks. It's me, Kirk Henderson, editor of Mavs Moneyball and host of a variety of differently named shows on the Mavs Moneyball feed. Um, Didn't have a show last night. Josh and I kind of just decided, you know, the season's so dang long um, and there's so many games and we talk to each other so much that we just sort of opted to, to bypass media night. You know, our our friends Nick and Isaac um, were at Mavs Media Day doing player interviews. Like, there's plenty of stuff. And we just opted sort of to not throw in our two cents for the first time in a while. Um, plus, you know, kind of compared to the rest of the NBA, I really felt that the Mavericks uh, Media Day was relatively tame. And I mean that in a good way. There were a couple of things which sort of raised my hackles. I'm sure we're going to talk about those things. Um, it's, but past that, it was just kind of nice to see everybody. Um, Porzingis looked, uh, I, I love it. Like beginning of the season, Porzingis is like my favorite because each year he just sort of reminds you of how, like how unique a body type he is. Like he really does look like, like Drago from Rocky four sometimes. I mean, he was big yesterday. Um, Luca looked good aerodynamic. I can't tell if he's chubby or if he like, he's just such a big human. Um, but he's like a tight end and, and yeah, it's, it's just kind of hard to tell what sort of shape he's in. He looked, you know, compared to last season though, he definitely looked better. Um, I'm really, I'm really looking, uh, uh, just forward to seeing the basketball, Brad Townsend and a number of other like, like real media were at practice today. Brad was taking some videos and, like Maxi Kleba, I saw him like shoot a running like floater over Bobon, where it's like, of course, um, just sort of, uh, you know, just sort of here. So, you know, if you want to come up on stage and talk about stuff, uh, send me, uh, you know, the request and, and we'll, we'll kind of get right to it. Um, the first thing I would really sort of like to talk about was Jason Kidd's comments that KP is going to play the four. Um, I don't know if it bothered me more that that was a thing or that in Lakerland today, Anthony Davis talked about how he's going to play the five. And I found that, you know, just sort of juxtaposition pretty interesting because number one, I don't believe Anthony Davis is actually going to play a lot of five. And number two, I can't believe the Mavericks are really going to play Chris Stapps Porzingis at four. Um, it's all about who he guards on defense, but he can't be pulled away from the basket. So he's either playing with Maxi Kleba or he's playing with Willie Cauley Stein, who have some lateral quickness. And, you know, that's that's sort of the, the the way I see this going. We'll probably see it in action relatively soon. Um, I'm still of the opinion that the optimal Mavericks lineup at the moment, you know, having not seen them play at all, is Luca Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, our new, uh, you know, our, our our new addition this off season. Why is his name slipping my mind? Uh, and and um, Chris Stapps Porzingis playing five, and it's just sort of the that offense. You know, cannot. I don't really see how you stop the offense. You know, Luke is kind of the main, the only guy who can dribble with with you know because Reggie Bullock gets like ninety percent of his makes um, assisted, which is really something. Um, and then past that, it, it, it just a barrage of scoring is how I see it. And I also think that lineup can at least sort of defend though. I completely, you know, anything with Luca Hardaway and Porzingis has to raise uh, some hackles. 
Um, all right, so we got our first uh, speaker request. Again, guys, feel free. Anybody that's name I don't recognize or haven't seen in a while is going to get preference uh, on coming up on stage. But uh, yeah, let's start off with my friend Lance. How are we doing, Lance? How's it going, Kurt? Well, it's a nice, uh, nice little Tuesday. I, I can tell, and I'm, I'm, you know, just going to ask you this as a married guy too. My wife is is like already getting pissed off that I have to do Mavs stuff. Um, it's really great in the household when I just said, hey, "I'm going to do a green room," and she just stares and then turns around and walks away. You know, it's it's really good. It's great. So I'm coming up on one year and uh, wedding anniversary. So we're newlywed. So I don't think it's hit that point for me yet. She's actually like enthusiastic with with what I do for now. Until I have to go all the games without her, I guess, and then we'll see how that works out. Sure, sure. Well, you know, you split it both ways because the this year, hopefully, with 41 home games and them not happening like you know every single night, hopefully, it'll be a little easier to manage. True. Yeah. Uh, so I know you want to get in on on KP and everything. I mean, let's just put it this way: Mavs Media Day was like KP Day. Like the mood was set. Sure. Like the first four or five questions, I felt like it was to do with. Uh, Chris Stapps and even Chris Stapps making comments pretty confidently, I might add, about like game planning and stuff like that. But yeah, Chris Stapps at the four was definitely uh, an eyebrow raiser to me. Um, at this point, I don't think really his body can function at the four, but we'll see. Really, I think, uh, and, and you probably won't like this, but I really think it's going to be Willie Collie Stein at the five. I don't mind it. I mean, like, Willie's such a. Like, once he figured out how to dunk, <laughs> like, after, like, 20 games into the season, I really sort of – like, he's just such a marvelous athlete. Um, it, it's it's kind of hard. You know, I watch him doing those hilarious YouTube videos where it's like he's doing stuff he has no business doing in a game. But he's still doing that stuff. It's just, you know, he we know he's never going to be able to do it. Like, he's a, he's a top-flight athlete in a league filled with them. So it's like, I don't mind it. It's just I don't entirely understand it because it's not like Willie's going to step out to the three-point line and actually hit a three-point shot. It, or it's not going to do anything to change the defense. Like, they'll give that to him. But I suppose it's like, for in terms of just, like, sheer size, like, if you – if you're gonna if you're gonna play if you're not gonna be a great defensive team at least you the least you can do is like take up space on the floor so Porzingis and and Kali Stein and then Luca like that's three rather large humans so it's something yeah I mean he definitely has uh, rim protection capabilities and every once in a while he will catch an alley oop from insert point guard you know that throws to him but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the main thing that stuck with me is, for whatever reason, people throwing pot shots at pot shots at Luca, not trusting his teammates or relying on his teammates. I really found it odd that kid snuck that one in there about him, you know, needing to rely on his teammates or trust his teammates. Like when he made the Picasso uh-huh. comparison, I just, I didn't. We already see this episode, which, which is a episode. really weird comparison. Really weird yeah. comparison. I, the backhanded I, compliment as it gets, really. I laughed my ass off at it. I mean, granted, he means it is just kind of a surface level. Like this guy is a one of one is what he really means it by. But if you want to be an asshole and like read into it, like 
Picasso was a very weird revolutionary. <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff. So it was just, it was really fun, like fodder. Like that's what I love about media day where you can like take statements and run with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point I'm kind of tired of, for lack of a better word, shitting on kid. I kind of just want to see him either sure. make it work or not. But it's no, just, I get it. And comments like that are just, it makes it hard for me to like really look at you any other way than like in a negative way. Cause like Luca is the guy that I'm not going to say he's untouchable. You know, he still needs to hear things every now and then, but saying that he doesn't trust his teammates when, I mean, Chris Apps had plenty of opportunity like to do something in those playoffs and Hardaway had, I mean, Hardaway did great. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Luca wasn't sharing the ball. He averaged more than 10 assists per game. Right. You know, it's just weird, man. I, I, I do hope that uh, KP can, now that he's going to be given an opportunity, he's going to be healthier. Maybe he can do more than just be in the corner, but I don't think Rick did that to him to screw him over. I just think that's all that. Oh, not in that, that series. No. Yeah. That series, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, that series was the right. worst possible outcome for Porzingis. But then we also have to be realistic about the fact that Porzingis and his movement and his play – it, it just it got worse as the year went on, and I think that has to do with his his health. I mean, I'm I've I've repeated this at length. I think there like we need to make the distinction between him finishing the season with an injury versus him finishing the season healthy. I think like like many NBA players, he was worn down to a nub, and he needs to get his body in a better spot. But past that, you know. We're going to find out real soon. Like, if they de-emphasize Luka at all and they're scoring 92 points a game or something, this is going to be obvious, you know? It, it, it's – I'm not particularly worried about it because the right. you know, the problem will self-correct in a hurry. This isn't the sort of thing where you got, like, Herman Boone out there saying, you know, this is – I run the – I run the, uh, the, the Veer offense and, like, Novocaine, you just need to give it time to work. Like, Jason Kidd doesn't have an offense. Now, granted – he has also, I don't think, coached a player even approaching Luca's level of offensive brilliance. And I really do think that, that you know, they did talk about running a little more, which is something I am very interested to see, particularly after Luca at the Olympics, um, letting him make the long outlet pass, the like the slightly more dangerous stuff. I don't think we, like Rick was so concerned with turnovers and pace to to really to the detriment of the team. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really... Uh, I'm with you in the sense of I would like to see it before I crack on him too much. Like I will refer to the past and note that he has not been a particularly good coach, but I'm willing to go ahead and say, let's see where this goes from here. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, everyone keeps bigging him up uh, from his Lakers uh, tenure as an assistant coach. So I, I just want to see exactly what did he learn and, I mean, Frank Vogel is, I mean, he's a, he's a great Vogel coach. Maybe a really very good highly of him. Uh, we've just had a right. lot of content lately at Mavs Moneyball, and I don't want to, like, push some of it down. But Vogel went on a, a Laker, like, the Spectrum podcast, because that's their, their cable partner, and said that, like, he and Kid, like, formed a really good relationship. The Kid brought a lot of positive energy to the locker room and all this stuff. And so I think that from what I've understood – compared and I need to be delicate in my words here because I've, I've talked to some people and I don't want to say anything that, that would give me in trouble, but kid was by the time he left Milwaukee, like the players were done with him. I know Jared Dudley will say X, Y, Z things, but the, that doesn't happen unless the players were done with him. Now that just happens sometimes. We just saw it with Rick Carlisle, but I think that we will possibly see 
I don't want to necessarily call it a kindler, gentler kid, but maybe less of the, the, the like mind game stuff, like less of the insanity, like Rick, and you know, there's, there's some questions. There's like, like Aswin has a great note in the chat where he says one takeaway I had from media day guys really didn't like Rick. And, and our friend Kenny, you know, talks, talks about how like a lot of us, you know, sort of made excuses for it. And I think we're going to find out at times, you know, the, like which side of the pendulum matters this season because them not liking Rick is extremely important because they're a bunch of younger guys. Rick also is oh. a tactical genius. And I think there's going to be points in the season where we miss that as a team. I tend to err and and on the, the side of, of thinking that they needed somebody new and just a new voice, like regardless of whether it's a good voice or a bad voice, yada, yada, they just need something new. And, and I think that that, you know, will probably, since it's, a, you know, a new group of guys, I think so long as there's like not anything that crazy happens over the next three to four weeks that the guys start off the season really well, just because they'll have that new thing around. Now, whether that works long-term, I, I don't know. I also don't know how much it matters, you know? Yeah, I think maybe it's sacrificing X's and O's for better locker room morale, I, I guess. Think, I mean, that's all I can think I, of. I, I think point. so, because ostensibly, on paper, the Mavericks are a murderous team to play in the regular season. They're hard to defend because of how the, the style we think they're going to play on offense. And, you know, a team that can has a potential MVP candidate who is hopefully more consistently motivated than he was in year three, which don't get me wrong. He was first team all NBA. He was obviously incredible, but you guys know the kind of consistent motivation I'm talking about where there were just first quarters where he looked like ass and that can't, that can't happen. Um, well, what else you got for me? Anything? Uh, I was going to say, I want to mention what Willie Colley Stein said about Carlisle. I, I think, after everything said about Carlisle this these last couple of months, I thought it was important. Where uh, Willie Colley Stein said he had a private conversation with Carlisle after the split, and Carlisle said that his perception of Willie changed after Willie came to play with him. And I don't know. I just I thought that was a heartwarming, you know, statement to be made, especially after everyone calling Rick an asshole. So that really stood out to me. That's interesting. I, I like that one too. Um, there was a like. I think the thing about Rick that we're kind of going to come to in the coming months and years is that he was very, very good for a specific type of team and past that, you know, he, he, a team that was either at the very beginning, because I think he was really good for Dennis Smith jr. I think had Rick Carl coached Dennis Smith jr. For a couple more years, Dennis Smith would still be in the league as a player. But I also think that once the team was kind of middle of the road, his expectations and demands for excellence were a little too much for the team's maturity level. And, and it was time for him to go. I, I do think that over, you know, I just think that, that part of the problem with this team being the same from 2019 to now is that they were, they all spent too much time together. Like, I, I don't know. I was in a house with my wife and my child for 18 straight months. And like, I am so glad I'm still married because they're, you know, it's just like you spend all that time in close quarters, just get sick of one another. And I think that, that, you know, it, it just without JJ Barea around to play, to play buffer, that whole team just really got worn out by Rick last year. And that's okay. It's over with. It's done. And I think we'll remember Rick mostly fondly, but then I think that we'll also look back last year as a little bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could argue and say they could have at least made it to the Western Conference finals and who knows. I mean, I still think Phoenix would have beat them because Phoenix had the Mavs number all year. 
But yeah, I mean, that's always a what if, but that's pretty much the league. What if, you know, Kevin Durant's foot was an inch smaller, you know, like it's just how it's going to play out every year. But hey, uh, Kirk, I know there's a lot of people down here. I don't want to babble off too much. Thanks for letting me on, man. Appreciate it. No, you're great. Tell, tell Dalton he needs to have you on their show. So for anybody that's not paid attention to Lance here, Lance now writes for uh, Dallas Sports Illustrated, doing a little football, a little basketball, a little good stuff. All right, you have a good day, Lance. Thanks for hanging out. You as well, Okay, so I wanted to chat or answer a couple of questions. Um, I think that – so so the, the Tyson Chandler appearance today at practice was interesting. Brad Townsend um, reported that Cuban has like kind of a, a – created some sort of program either within the Mavericks or otherwise like the is giving former or older players the opportunity to sort of test out their coaching chops to see if it's for them. Like there's video of Tyson working with some of the players today, which is really neat. Um, I, I don't know. Tyson is, is always going to have a special place in my heart because he's probably the most, the, like the best functional center Dirk ever played with. And that Cuban let him go twice is just an unforgivable sin. Um, but he's back with the organization now. So if, if, if he doesn't have uh, hard feelings, pro- I probably shouldn't either. Um, let's see here. I don't know. Um, media day is just so, it's just so fun because it's like kind of lets you project your aspirations forward and, it's really easy to overreact to certain things. I mean, the, the part about them not liking kid, I think is funny It because it's true. It's, it's just, it's one of those things. That, and, and, you know, looking at kid as much as I don't like the hire because of the things that I've heard, I, I also feel pretty firmly in with, with this in hindsight that Jamal Mosley was not the right coach. Not because he's a bad coach. I think Jamal Mosley is going to do an excellent job uh, with the magic. It's just he and Luca had become so tight. I don't think it would have been productive had he tried to be Luca's boss. Um, it's just so hard to do. Anybody that's been in a working situation where you have one of your buddies or someone that you're at least very friendly with get promoted to a position of authority over you, that relationship changes and it's awkward and it's not always easy. And that sort of thing, particularly with how passionate Luca gets, I think he needed new people. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are now. Um, let's see here. Let's see if I have any requests. Um, coming up next, we have Nick. How are you, Nick? Nick, is the audio working? Press that mute on mute. Hey, we'll can you hear me? For you. There we go. Hey, sorry about that. I can. No, not a problem. Well, so I just wanted to go a little bit more on this KP playing the four situation. I'm kind of feeling good about it, actually. You know, I I feel like him playing center last year um, was really less about his skill set and more about just trying to get the five best players on the floor. And I really think as much as, you know, as much as that's a positive, KP is supposed to be your second best player and you really need to put him in his best position to succeed. And I understand that he's had injuries and, and whatnot. And so his lateral movement isn't as, as good these days, but I'm trying to stay optimistic. I'm hoping that with this off season and assuming that we're going to let him post up again, um, we'll, we'll kind of get back to that old KP. So I'm liking that. And I'm also hoping that having Tyson Chandler around could potentially help guys like Willie Colley Stein. Sure. Sure. I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein is just such – 
Yeah, I, I want to say it was Mike Fisher. Someone called, like, there's been numerous Tyson Chandler starter pack guys uh, since, like, 2016 and, or 2015, and Willie's certainly one of them. Um, as my, I think I, I, I'm so hard on Willie just because I, I truly see how – if he were to put everything together, it's probably a little too late for this, but he, he could have just been an unbelievable role player in the NBA. So that's kind of where my head is. Um I don't know. It's the best player in the league thing or the best players on the floor thing is, is important. I think they're probably going to try to boost Porzingis as much as you can early, really, really see what you have with him as a healthy option. And if it doesn't pan out, like if there aren't results, then they'll move on. I think you have to sort of start. And and what I mean by move on is you treat him like he's the second best player for as long as you're willing to give, um, to give the rope uh, for that. And if it doesn't work out, then you pull back and simply treat him like another member of, of the role players. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. I think in his case though, a big part of this is that, I mean, he didn't want to play center. And that was pretty obvious that he was frustrated about that from the beginning. And so maybe this is also, you know, in hopes that he'll just have a better demeanor about this season. Going into it, playing the four, you're going to hopefully get the best out of him. I mean, to me, this is like pretty parallel with the the coaching hire. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess I can see it. I mean, he has also mentioned himself in the months since, though, that he understands that the offense and he put up pretty solid numbers when he gets to play five. Um, I, I really think that that there's a room for a little bit of both, and the Mavericks have enough talent with Luca kind of you know anchoring things that they're going to be fine to start to start the year. I mean, I, they're yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Well, cool, man. That's kind of all I had. So thanks for bringing me. Oh, sure. Thanks for coming up as always. Um, let me see here. Whoop. Trying to figure out how to use Like, it's funny because I, I use the controls twice a week and then I forget how to do it. Um, Jose had requested earlier. How you doing, Jose? Let me see. There we go. Oh, I'm doing fine. How about yourself, Kurt? I am okay. And no, Aaron asks if I'm pouring myself a drink. And no, my wife was pouring herself a drink. We've got a nice uh, house, but I've yet to figure out where I want to be like my, my Mavericks space. So we'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining, Jose. So uh, some of the things I took away from uh, yesterday is, uh, well, Jason Kidd's comments, of course, uh, just about playing defense, trying to um, get KP's role kind of like solidified as four. I'm not too opposed to it. I I do see why people are opposed to KP playing the four. And it's just a lot of bigs on the court, a lot of, you know, clogged up space. So I understand why some people don't want to see KP at the four. And um, one thing that I really liked from – media day yesterday was when uh nick and isaac from locked on mavericks had asked luca like what's the goal what's the end game for the season or something like that and luca flat out with no hesitation said championship and i just love that mindset Uh, i love the way that luca approached that question 
Um, let me see. KP had a weird like comment or something when when asked about Tim Hardaway being brought back. Uh, I don't know what he was going or where he was going because he kind of like took a long pause, said next question, then he said, "No, nah, uh, like yeah, it, it was a big win bringing him back." So I don't know if I'm digging too deep into that or reading too far into it, but that was something that I had took out. Yeah, Jason in the chat notes that uh, that he's, he he was saying that he thought Tim Hardaway Jr. is maybe going to take the bag because, as we know, he had an offer from uh, he had an offer from the Pelicans to where it was a lot a lot more money. Um, I don't know. I, Porzingis is is thoughtful to a almost to a fault um, to some degree. Where with all of his questions, and you see this in media stuff, it doesn't get written about that often, but. He knows everything that's happening and is like super like willing to talk about all sorts of different things. So it's like, I, I, I remember like looking at his face yesterday on the, I'm sorry, my, my dog is trying to attack my foot here. Um, he, he's just, he's just so pensive. Like Luca, like Luca just responds. He's either like media trained or he has like an answer already in his head. Whereas KP, like you can kind of see the wheels turning. There's really something there with it, but I don't know. It's 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 media day. You kind of take take what you take what you want out of it to a degree, right? And uh, I, I'm glad to see Tyson uh, practicing. I think Willie Cauley Son also had a quote about uh, Tyson Chandler yesterday during uh, media day, saying that you know he's been practicing with with Tyson as well, and just having him around is bringing a really good like presence. I can't remember the exact quote that he said about Tyson Chandler, but I do remember he brought up Tyson Chandler yesterday. So I, I like that. And I mean, I, I don't have anything else. It's, it's media day. I, I just can't wait to see uh, these guys during preseason. Uh, that's what I'm really anticipating. You know, it was the the one thing that I think was at least interesting, and Isaac corrected me on this. I do find it particularly interesting that Terry and I want to say both Browns and Green were not available for the larger media circus, um, like the Zoom calls. And, you know, it's I don't it's really easy to read into that. Like I did briefly yesterday because I, I misread the email from the Mavs. Like I thought they weren't there. And the re, and, and the reality was they just, you know, the, the only people who asked some questions were Nick and Isaac. Which is fine, um, and it, but it just makes me wonder what the Mavericks are like. Eh, afraid of is not the right thing, but we've all know we've all heard that like these guys are in potential trade discussions. So it's it's just kind of odd. I don't know. Um, yeah, all the Mavericks are there. I mean, Burke did Burke talk to the media? I don't remember Burke talking to the media, but he did talk to to Isaac and to and to Nick, which was which was something. I gotta. Um, Got a kid, you know. It's I got a kick out of kids. Kids answer where he's like, "Well, we don't, you know, I don't know exactly who all is vaccinated." And it's like, "Yeah, you do. <laughs> you just don't. You just can't tell us, which is uh, which is fine." Um, oh yeah, Kevin, uh, our man Kevin Gray says that Trey Burke will talk to the media tomorrow. So we'll we'll see what what Trey Burke has to say. Probably something about dribbling and going right. Um, what else you got for us? If we want to lean into uh, conspiracies, Friday is October the 1st. 
and a certain person's contract comes into play on the first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm actually running Moses's Moses Brown's preview as soon as I can, just because, just because I don't want it to go. Uh, I don't want it to go to waste, man. It's so, I really, I do also love the media day pictures um, because like Moses Brown really looks like one of those, like, he's so skinny. He looks like one of those um, blow up like guys out in front of a mattress store, just like waving around. Cause he's so narrow. So I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what goes on with these guys. Um, well, thank you, Jose. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I uh, have a good one. Thank you for bringing me up. Sure thing, buddy. Um, so one thing I do need from you guys is my wife and I are going to the state fair on Friday and if anyone has any, I've never been, I was here, you know, I lived here from 96 to 02 and I just never went. My parents were never like interested in taking me. And then I just didn't go in high school. So uh, send me recommendations on Twitter and all that stuff, because I don't even know how to approach the day. Doyle Raider actually, uh, you know, one of our Mavs Moneyball writers and editors actually is currently working for the state fair and he's been so busy. He can't even tell him cause he does PR for them. He can't even like respond to my text messages. So I need some help. Um, all right, I think we got one more person. Couple, no, we got a couple more folks waiting in the chat. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, Kirk. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm staring at pictures of fair food while we're talking. Um, and <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be great. Roster, just uh, some of these un- unknowns that I'm wondering, who do you think, uh, like Carly Jones? I mean, I, I know some of these guys are probably not going to be on the roster when this season starts, but yeah. And I don't really watch summer league either. Is there any these players like Farron Hunt, uh, Eugene? Both really Mari. fun. The the two the two way guys are the ones that I'm a little frustrated by. Not with them, like they're fine. But it's the two way players that the Mavericks have. Both of them are are Luca's age, and that's just a mistake. It's a missed opportunity. You need to use these two way things for yeah. guys that could potentially contribute. You look at the what. Uh, like Toronto and the Spurs, and there's one more team that does a really good job with their D-League. And the Mavericks just don't take it seriously. They, they don't take the fringes seriously. Like, bring in some guys who are potential wings or potential bigs. Like, you don't want to bring in ball handlers. Like, Carleek Jones is actually – like, I really like watching that guy play basketball. He will never play a minute for the Mavericks because he's a point guard. They have a point mm-hmm. guard. I just I, – I don't know. You know, Lance Stevenson, didn't he work out for the Mavericks? I mean, that, that would have been really interesting, you know, just to have a little bit more toughness on the team. But I think, you know, Reggie Bullock with, you know, Lance Stevenson's on another level when it comes to being a pest and all. But I think Reggie Bullock, as far as defense, I mean, this is, I'm excited about him being on the team. Yeah. I, I remember those two games, those frustrating losses against the Knicks last year. I mean, he was knocking down four or five threes each game, I think. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was going nuts on us. So I had – um and a guy, uh, his name's Joe Flynn. He runs the Posting and Toasting podcast, and he came on to talk about his favorite Nick player that is now Maverick, Frank Milikina. And he was, it's like unironically, Frank Milikina is one of his favorite players. And he, what he told me about Reggie Bullock, which is while we were chatting on the podcast, is that Reggie Bullock is not afraid of the big shot. Which I love that because I we need that we need that. yeah absolutely because you can't just have Luca and Tim. You need you need someone else. Um, you know, Porzingis doesn't really love being put in those situations and you just got to have other folks. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to block as well. Um, he's a big dude. There's also that hilarious video of him um, doing curls of, with his children 
like of of his children, which I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's right, a yeah. mood. I really I, I enjoyed that one a great deal. But um, one last thing, yeah, it is kind of crazy that we have five former Nick players on our team. Uh, just uh, Sterling Brown, I, I know he was a pick for the Pelicans last year. I, I don't really remember him all that much, and I'm too lazy to look him up on YouTube. So, what do you think about Sterling Brown, real quick? Don't have a ton of firm thoughts other than the fact that it's a great depth signing. He played for Kid as a rookie, and I think there's you know there's something to that, and. He'll get a moment to shine. I, I think one thing last season was a strong reminder of is that the season is so long that you just need bodies. And having another six, I think he's like six five, just another dude who is, is not a you know six foot one guard like Carlisle loved is of value. So, you know, mm-hmm. if he's your 11th man and he plays every third game and comes in and hits a three, because he actually shoots percentage wise he's a pretty good shooter it's it's kind of a volume question but i'm i'm looking forward to seeing him get minutes because here's the thing yes. that i think that that we don't talk about enough with kid is that kid will play guys josh green is going to get a chance so my you know a lot of these things are going to get flushed out good, just because good. kid really did try stuff uh when he was with both the uh, the nets and with milwaukee so i'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah, especially, and lastly, yeah, especially during this COVID era, I mean, you might have – you come into a game, there could be five players and protocols, and it's like, okay, next man up, mm-hmm. let's go. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Oh. That's all I have. I really yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Man. Um, Jose noted in the, uh, uh, in the chat that uh, Dwayne Price is, is pseudo-reporting in, in his role. I mean, he's a, he's a Mavericks employee, but he is still media. Um, that Tyson Chandler is tinkering with the idea of signing a 10-day contract. Now – no idea how that would work because the Mavericks have 16 players right now um, under contract plus the guys there. They have up until I don't know what day it is to, to figure out roster cuts, but they have to do something with somebody. So it's like that would mean two guys, and then the Mavericks would have a an entire lineup of centers. Um, that's fun. Okay, coming up last but not least, our man who hasn't been seen here in some time, Jason. How are you, Jason? You forget how to use the app, my friend. Oh, I'm muted. My bad. I'm doing all right. How about you? That's all right. I'm okay. Thanks for joining. I don't know if we talked about this earlier because I think I just got in a little bit, but have we talked about contract extensions for Dodo and Jalen at all? Say that again? Have we talked about contract extensions for Jalen and Dorian? No, I don't think I don't know if Dorian's eligible. I think that the Mavericks have up until a certain point in time with Brunson. I also don't. His contract was structured oddly because they did all that stuff where you know you have Maxi, you have him. They have a number of guys who are kind of like up at the same time, like three year guys. Maybe Maxi's is four year, but Brunson was a guy who they didn't. The last year the contract was signed was a certain way to where it didn't preclude I don't think it was beneficial to him to sign it early so so I'm not I'm pretty sure he's he's gonna be an unrestricted free agent next year and like the Mavericks so Jalen I think it's like he can sign the old Josh Richardson contract that he he did with Miami which I think is like the average salary of uh NBA players which I think it's like around four years 50 million or so if I need a yeah so that'd be like yeah well I mean if you're playing if you're paying him like this is this is kind of the the point that that our friend CBA Mavs has been lecturing everyone on for most of the year is 
you can only get to the tax is if you're signing guys who you've already have under contract and you have their rights. Trade, you know, you, you can't sign guys that are, you know, cap space only works for free agents. So it's like what the Nuggets are going to run into real soon is they're going to be playing three guys max contracts, and that's going to either be an insane tax bill or they'll work it out and trade because they didn't really have a lot of options. Um, it's it's interesting what's going to go on with Brunson because he's potentially – I mean, his contract just isn't big enough to be a trade chip, but he's probably the best tradable asset, or do you think it's Dorian? No, I think Jalen has higher cachet around the league, just the fact that he was like third or fourth in six minutes a year. And I feel like I always hear like broadcasters and players say they really like him, so – I'm pretty sure, like, Dorian is just a guy that fits in the system, and I'm not sure how much value he would have to another team. I mean, six foot seven guys who like to guard and will shoot threes are always going to be valuable. It's a question of how much do you want to pay. Um, he has been under he's been undervalued contract wise for a while, and I think they're just at the point now where if they resign him to a big deal. You know, I don't know what kind of deal it could be, like another three year, like I don't know what what sort of salary raises he's he's eligible for given his time in the league. I, I think you just sort of gotta pay it because it, it, with the way the Mavericks cap is structured with Luca next year, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Chris Apps Porzingis, I'm pretty sure you might be over the like at, over the cap with or at least approaching it with just those three dudes. Like that's ninety million for those three guys. So if, if you're already over it with, with the other, you know, and then you have Dwight Powell's last year, that's a hundred million total, like whatever the salary cap ends up being, um, if you can resign him and you go over it, you just kind of do that because you're not replacing him with anybody of equal value. Yeah. Go back to the Jalen point. I'm, I think there's almost 0% chance he gets traded this season just because you're saying he make he's too good, but he makes too little, so he can't really be traded in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's like one and a half million. Yeah, it's like it's a second-round contract, so it's super, super small. But I th- I just think that, I don't know, maybe if Tyrell Terry ever works out, but like I just feel like they just get a deal done, four years, 50 million, that's what I expect. And then maybe the second year, maybe the first year, they just trade him at that 12 to $13 million range. And just that's another track yeah. as a part of a bigger deal made with Timmy as well. So that's kind of my sure. feeling how this whole thing ends up. But we'll have. I think so too. And I'm I'm okay with this because I'm just to the point where I've decided I don't care how much anyone makes. I'm just to get good players. Is he good enough for that? I think he is, but I also don't care. He works within their structure. I just need him to pass the ball when people are wide open. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm like the thing I'm just still frustrated with, like just thinking about the summer that we just still have this huge trade exception that yes, we can technically use next summer, but like, like couldn't we have just gone like sign and trade with Bullock and then gotten the kept Emily and signed another guy with that. I'm not sure if that even worked, but I feel like that could It's such a specific dollar amount. Those are, those don't get used nearly as much as you'd think. I mean, I I do assume the Mavericks do something with it because there's a list of guys who can fit in it, but that's, it's going to. Yeah. I think there was some Jeremy Lamb talk earlier. I don't know if we addressed that at all, but what do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't see him getting traded to the Mavs in any way, shape or form. Like there's just (laughs) Like that's that like that's that guy. I mean, we're so f- we're far enough into the podcast. That's the guy. I think his name is Evan Massey. I don't want to say anything bad about him personally, but name me a time he was right, and I will give you a dollar. Like, 
I just think everything that comes from that guy's account yeah. ends up being nonsense. So we'll see. Well, I mean, I enjoyed Media Day at least. I loved all the fluff pieces and the puppies. That was cute. And Boban. I love listening to Boban. Puppies was great content. Like, that's the sort of thing where you attract casuals that are like, oh, yeah. And like, just like Tim Hardaway with a dog. It's like, oh, yeah. He, that just, I don't know. I trust players who seem to like animals. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last question, actually. Is sure. anyone at Matt Moneyball going to cover the Nico Harrison Q&A this week? That when is that? Because like we all work. I think it's, like, it's through the it's through Dallas Morning News. I think it's like a virtual Zoom thing. I don't know. Um, I will look into this. I will try. It's I've mainly been spending the week um, mapping out kind of regular season coverage. Uh, we're going to be we have a couple of guys, I and mean, you guys know Xavier, and then this, the guy Luke that really are into kind of sports betting and daily fantasy. And so I've been like trying to structure with them what we're going to be doing during the season with that. And I'm not, not paid as much attention as maybe I should have for, um, for like what's going on just because I feel like most of the news has already been made, you know? And then I personally run the risk of if I like want to approach like the news of the day, like the vaccination coverage, I will become unhinged and I don't want to do that. Oh God. So it just like, it makes me crazy. So I feel that. All right. Well, you got anything else for us? Uh, not really, but oh my, three weeks to a regular season game. That's insane. I cannot believe that's the right. season's over. That's right. I'm, I'm looking forward to regular season games. Me covering games at a different time, um, time zone is going to be interesting. Where like my child goes to bed and then I have to figure out how I'm going to watch the game. Uh, and then start, you know, and do all do all that stuff without missing too much, and then still being able to talk about it coherently. But uh, well, thank you, Jason, for hanging out. Yeah, sure thing. Hope you have fun at the fair. Oh yeah, we'll see. All right, everyone. This has been uh, Kirk Henderson. This has been Radio Free Mavericks. Uh, Josh and I are going to be back probably tomorrow night doing uh, some more kind of player previews, talking about guys' seasons. Um, go to the Mavs Moneyball website. We have. At least one or two new things a day. Um, Lucas Q and Lauren Gunn both did media day coverage for us. And it was like Luke had a bunch, like Luke actually asked Jalen Brunson how the vibes were, which I considered firing him, but I've decided to keep him on staff for such a corny question. And then he got to ask like some random like musical takes because it's like by the end of those Zoom calls, um, the, it's kind of just, it's kind of more casual folks because the main media people, you know, have to go write their stories. But uh, all right, this has been fun. We'll talk soon, guys. Everyone have a good rest of your week.